Welcome to the Fulfillment Project Podcast. I'm your host, Simply Sarah, and I'm so glad that we've connected here today. I've created a series called Life Chats. This is a four-part series of each of my amazing guests as I take you on a journey through their awakening process. My aim and goal for this show is to give you, the seeker, a container to explore your own growth as you awaken and step into more alignment, more joy, and more fulfillment every single day. We have Alejandra here back for part two of her life chat series. Hello. Hello, Sarah. Nice to see you again. Yes, you as well, my dear. If anybody didn't catch part one of Alex's journey here, please go back. We talk about uh, her being so sensitive as a young child, you know, not giving into all the conditionings of the world and staying open, but feeling like a lonely traveler and not feeling understood growing up. And, you know, we ended the conversation with some great help and tips and insight for anybody who's a parent who feels like they have a very open, magical, sensitive child and and how to navigate that. So please go back if you haven't listened to part one. Part two, we are diving in. We want to talk about energies. We want to talk about spirits and guides, intuition, angels, these words that are very buzzwords. We hear them a lot in the the spiritual and the growth uh, community. But even for myself, I can't say that I have a lot of experience with it. I, I haven't seen or or sensed guides, even though I am a very, uh, I'm a very intuitive person though. So I think this will unpack a great conversation to help some other women out there navigate the own energies that maybe they feel or sense. Yes, absolutely. I hope I can bring a a bigger map uh, to talk about these terms for sure. Yes. Uh, Before we get to that, you just prompted something here, map. Mm. You know, you really help people build maps. It's it's what you do, you know, for a living and you're an NLP, you know, master practitioner and helping people create these mental maps and energetic maps. Where did the word map come from for you and how has that been so useful in your journey? <laughs> I think it has to do with the lonely traveler thing. <laughs> and, and again, me stepping in, in the past couple of years, especially since the shamanic ceremony, it's been um, an upgrade to put it that way. In, in how I deliver these conversations. And so the word map is very important because I can relate to anyone with their information to create a map. And a map uh, meaning like, like this, like geometric, very basic figures. It's a blueprint for, for a person, even for myself, to understand their own reality, how their mind and their emotions interact with each other and construct the physical reality, and by physical, I mean body, money, relationships that they have around them. And so uh, each person is a uh, like a planet, a universe on its own. It needs its own map. And this word is key in, yes, having these conversations even. <laughs> we need yeah. a, a grounding platform, um, something everybody, not everybody, perhaps most people here can relate to. Yeah. And I mean, this is why I created it. It's my, my growth has exploded by, you know, meeting you a few years ago and having conversations, you getting to understand my map, me, me getting to understand your map, because there's this physical reality that we can see and hear and taste and touch, but there's also this non-physical reality of our, our thoughts and emotions and other energies involved that we need to learn how to navigate, to feel good showing up in this physical reality. 
Yes, all that stuff that we can't see that affects us. I'm not talking even nothing mystical. Emotions, air, the air you breathe, Mm -hmm. like that's invisible to our eyes. Yes, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, there's so many things out there that we use. They're there. We don't necessarily have to understand them, but understanding how to use the tool properly for your benefit uh, is so valuable. Oh, any human from today, if you pluck them 500 years ago, they probably would have burned at the stake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. We're all witches and wizards these days, right? Mm. You click a button, the information is on the other side of the world instantly. How crazy is that? Yeah. Yes. Technology. Technology is interesting because it's a digital world is non-physical. And so there is so much non-physical that we're working with, but we don't necessarily recognize it. And I find like literally the digital, like Instagram, it's not real. Like it's just, it's energy that is out there that is formulated into a picture. It, it is non-physical. And when we start to understand all these other non-physical realities that are around us can help us navigate um, the different energies that are coming at us or, or from out and within us. Oh, absolutely. That's why I'm excited for this conversation. <laughs> yeah. So how do you want to unpack this in terms of, you know, talking about guides or spirits, you know, what were your first, I know in the last episode, you were talking about how you would sense something or sense grandpa um, and bring it up. And so was it the spirit world, um, you know, the lives that have passed that you first interacted with? Uh, I I would have to take a guess and say, yes, that was my initial awareness. And, um, I think, you know what, let's use some labels that could be useful for me to continue the conversation throughout this episode. Let's call it the fourth dimension. And the fourth dimension, uh, for anyone listening, it would be very similar to what you see in the third dimension. 3D dimension is the physical objects, you know, your computer, your phone, the table, the person standing in front of you that you can see, touch, feel with your five senses. Very, very clear, right? Um, time, space, matter, and energy uh, that are measured by how we've been taught. So the normal things, that's a three dimension. The fourth dimension, there is two big aspects to it. There is more, but for the purposes of this as an introduction, there is a blueprint template. So everything that exists in the physical world exists architecturally in in a blueprint form. The best example is how does your body know how to be your body? I mean, you grew up from from the union of of a sperm and and an egg. And there was a blueprint of what you would look like already encoded in the DNA. And that blueprint exists in the fourth dimension. Mm. So there's the architectural aspect of it. Um, Another example is if you think of a chair, first, it had to be in someone's mind. Cannot touch that until it is created on the third dimension. But there was a blueprint on someone's mind. So it's very architectural. And then there is the fluid, the fluid aspect that coats and wraps and gives meaning to things and um, an emotion. It's that fluid substance in the fourth dimension. So again, if that's helpful, we have the third dimension, physical objects, time, space, you can see, touch, a measure. Fourth dimension, there's two aspects, the architectural, which is very similar to the 3D and the fluid, which is stuff that that moves and changes and grows and dies and moves. Yeah, that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, 
had you asked me a question. Yeah. And so do you <laughs> believe, like, yeah, no, that, that was great to help people create yeah. a map of, of their own, um, in their mind for what spirits and guides and, and where they really exist on this, um, mm. in a plane. So were spirits your first, we'll say contact or experience with, um, sensing different energies that were non-physical? I would say it was the energy of others. Mm. So I, in episode one, I talked about the story of not wanting to be hugged, um, also feeling very uncomfortable in certain places. So my parents were physical education teachers. And instead of putting me into school at a very young age, they took me to their classes and they would put me in the classes of the schools that they would attend. But I spent a lot of time in, in, a, in adult set, settings like offices, um, even I remember being in lectures, like almost like university lectures when I was very young and yeah, the feeling, oh yeah, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to leave. I wanted to be by myself. I wanted to be alone and, and the energy of others then going into, um, family reunions and uncles, aunts, everybody wants to hug. And I'm like, no, please, mom, dad, don't make me do this. Don't make me do it. And I had to do it because mm-hmm. that's what, kid, yeah, that's what you had. Yeah. That's what being nice meant, you know, Sen- sensing others. Oh, from, yeah. That was on. the first, that yeah. was the first instance of, yeah. Realizing that there was something else that, yeah. Different about me. Mm-hmm. What made you be able to harness that I'll call it a gift, you know, being highly sensitive can very much be a gift when you learn how to utilize it for your benefit. And so how have you been able to harness that energy, that, sen- think, that sensitivity, we'll say? Um, as a young adult, it made me, I could pick up on so much about a person and that opened communication channels. So throughout my life, I've been liked and I've been welcomed and I've been looked up to. I just didn't realize that what I was doing was reading someone's energy and mirroring and mimicking and even shape-shifting my own energy to behave, talk, speak, even my posture, be more like them. And so again, subconsciously, not knowingly, I was doing this. And the result was that a person with me would feel very comfortable, would feel like they could trust me, um, tell me things, um, they could ask me questions and feel safe. So I think that's how it started. Me harnessing this power was about building relationships. Uh, Funny enough, because for most part of my life, I've been thriving on the introvert kind of aspect, Um, not wanting to be around others, (laughs) you know, maybe that's why the energy is right. But whenever I was, I did it very well. Uh, again, yeah, unknowingly. See, I was using the gift without knowing that's what I was doing. <laughs> yes. I'd yeah. love for you to talk about grounding because I know grounding is um, grounding your own energy so that you can show up as a higher functioning human who is highly sensitive. So what has grounding done for your life? It has made me love being human so much more. It has made me appreciate the now moment instead of wanting to check out all the time because I can very easily enter my fantasy world or construct even things mathematically in my mind and and not be present and funny enough I remember so many times uh, as a teenager um, 
sitting in a place, uh, let's say at dinner with my family or driving in the car in the, in the back seat and almost wanting to punch myself and be like, come back, be here. I felt like a, more than half of me, of who I was, was not in my body. And that wasn't a nice feeling, even though for the most part, I've always wanted to be out there, you know, high up there or in the fourth dimension, um, looking to connect with aliens, <laughs> with spirit guides. They have many names. They probably, they could be the same thing <laughs> with many different names. I don't know. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but grounding has made me love and appreciate every single second of being human. I mean, I still have my moments where I check out, but I grounding brings me back in and helps me stand on my power. Yeah. Mm, yes. yes. And so what is your understanding of spirits and, and those who have passed on, we'll say, what's your understanding of that? What's your, what's your map of that? Oh, uh, that's just so well-framed. <laughs> so my map is that, again, as much as I can feel this, there is no way for me to say I'm 100% sure what sure. I'm talking about. Sure. I can only see it from my perspective in this life. So it, it is it is my map that, you know, the moment uh, someone passes, uh, it could be that there was a knowing it was about time, but because we live in cultures that we take, we don't take time to talk about death or to observe the meaning of death and how it can help you be, live a more powerful life. Most of the time for most people, it comes as a shock. Mm-hmm. Yes. And again, uh, Big thing to mention here, it's because we live in cultures that do not like to talk about death. That is not a bad thing. <laughs> it's neither good nor bad. It simply is a reality that we are all going to travel through. If there is one certainty, is death, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for most people coming as a shock, uh, let's say the moment someone passes, they could have regrets about life or the situation was unfortunate. And they're going to, this, this soul, to call it uh, something, the substance of the consciousness that was you in this life, is going to spend a little time here just processing what just happened and perhaps making sure that the people around them are okay. Mm. Now, the time in the fourth dimension, it's not like we measure here on the watch. Um, so a day could be a year on that side or vice versa, a year could be a day. Right. Yeah, so that's very, it's so interesting to even try to think about those things, right? Yeah. It, it's almost like it doesn't make sense. What yeah. are you talking about, Alex? It was what you were saying earlier about, you know, feeling half out of your body, half in, like that consciousness that senses there's something wrong. You know, perhaps when we pass, it's that consciousness of like, whoa, like where's my body, what happened? And trying to find your bearings. Yes. I mean, dissociation, right? That is when like someone has a body and either through a trauma or an accident or pain, they are beside their body. We actually use these phrases in normal language, right? I am beside myself. Someone made me so upset. I am beside myself. Mm. Yes. That part of you dissociated. It's so angry. doesn't want to deal with the full feeling of upsetness. Who knows what can happen if you deal with it, right? Yeah. Yes. And I, and I mean, it's worth also mentioning that, let's say the four, what in my map, I call the fourth dimension because it has many names. There are other things, uh, other 
entities that are not a human consciousness. I mean, I wonder too, are we human consciousness for a while, but then we also, because we travel, we choose to come in human bodies, but maybe we're alien consciousness. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that in, in some time we're going to not be in human bodies. We're going to have like three arms or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yes. And where does that consciousness come from? And, you know, you say we, we, at least we hear that we are all an extension from, from source energy. We know we are consciousness, you know, expressed through source and, you know, where is that source and what does it mean? And <laughs> what does it all mean? <laughs> what does it all mean? I mean, we, we like to call ourselves human consciousness, right? And we really we can only relate to consciousness from the human perspective. But when there is no longer a human body, we are formless. There is no form to the consciousness. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I know. <laughs> this is Alex and I. We, we we go away up north with like no technology and just like wig ourselves out over conversations like that absolutely but they're fun and they're I like to explore these conversations because I I like to hear you know what are your thoughts and how do you see this and sometimes it can help me create a better map for myself and I know vice versa you and I've had so much value through our conversations of just exploring the what ifs and what is absolutely and the way you and I have approached it is with a state of curiosity and childlike wonder yeah. Again, if someone is looking to rebuild their life or find a new way of being, stepping into a higher upgraded version of themselves, you cannot think from what you were before. You are going to have to look at things you've never seen before, have conversations in un- unreasonable ways. And in fact, this is why I am a big fan of Einstein, <laughs> one of the smartest, smartest minds in our planet. Um, he said, if you want smart children, read them a lot of fantasy books. Mm. If you want smarter children, read them more fantasy books. Now, in in no way, he said, is education of, of the normal kind, well, what we know as mathematics, you know, science, the way we know it is, is still important, but it's also important to always keep that mind open and curious. This is where you put in and expand new stuff. Otherwise you're just perpetuating what you've done before. There's nothing wrong with that unless you want to upgrade. (laughs) So you look at the highly creative people. It doesn't come from like the doing and the actual action. There's so much fantasy and, and ideation that has to happen before the actual creation. Yes. And, and, And fantasy and allowing that mind to unfold and wander brings in new possibilities. Oh, absolutely. Now, here, this could be an interesting to talk about uh, angels and spirit guides. Mm-hmm. Again, we can only relate to the fourth dimension from our human consciousness. If we try to think of something that has no 3D body, no physical form, uh, what it would look like in the fourth dimension? Let's angels. How are they depicted? You're depicted like this handsome, beautiful men and women with wings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we can only relate to the formless entities through our human experience. And it's so much more comfortable to think of praying to an angel. Michael is one of my favorite. He's around me. <laughs> so it's so much easier to think of praying to Michael and him showing up as this handsome warrior-like winged man than seeing him as a bunch of eyes with many heads, like twisting and twirling, right? <laughs> have you seen um, Have you seen the series on Netflix called Midnight Mass? 
Yes, I have. Yeah, the the angel that's depicted there is not the heavenly angel. Um, but yes, if anybody wants some like out there like series on Netflix, Midnight Mass, it that blew my mind. I was I had to step back and like think about that show for a while after it ended. What a great example. What a great example. Yes, what if that is the angel? We just want to paint it nice for us because it's easier to absorb, to digest, right? Less scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how old were you or what were kind of some of the moments that you can remember of knowing you were connecting with angels or guides? <sighs> okay. The first thing that come to mind, I was, cra- I must've been 13 and I was staying by myself at home. I don't remember why my parents were in there or my brother. I really can't remember. I just... I was watching um, TV, uh, probably a movie. I had just finished watching it. And that was the time when we used to do cassettes. Um, what was it? Beta, beta, no, not beta max. It would have been the next one. Cassettes. Anyways, you would press play on the cassette. A tape, a tape, a cassette. Yes. <laughs> tape, yes. Oh my God. It's from another time. Another are we life. talking like music cassettes or are we talking like VHS no, movie. movie? Movie, VHS movie. movies. Oh yes, uh, yes, VHS. Yeah, please so, be kind. Rewind. <laughs> please be kind. Rewind. Yeah. At the end, yes. <laughs> it, it feels like a past life to me. Right. Wow. Um. So at the end, it would my the screen on my TV would go blue, and so I was a little depressed around that time, probably because of my weirdness and feeling lonely and alone that I've been feeling for the most part of my life until I found there's guides all around me. <laughs> so the, the, the screen was blue and I was crying and I was saying, I don't understand, I don't understand. And then the, the screen turned, um, like when there's static and it's all fuzzy, it went like, and then it went blue again, but that caught my attention. So I looked at the screen and then, <laughs> this is how I remember. <laughs> It said my name. The next time it went like, it said Ale or Alejandra. I can't remember, but I remember knowing it said my name. And then it said, you are special. And then that was it. It went back to blue. And I remember being like, what just happened? Like, Mm. did it sound like it said that? But I stopped crying. At that moment, what it did for me was that I stopped crying and I entered this space of mysterious, mystical feeling energy um, just from perceiving that I didn't feel it around me. It's just the fact that the TV did that made me stop crying, made me stop feeling sorry for myself and made me feel like perhaps there was someone watching over me. And that was key. That was key. Again, comforting. yeah, it was comforting. It redirected where my energy was. Mm-hmm. So whether it was actually what happened or not, the important thing that was that by redirecting my energy, instead of going down uh, depression that weekend, that didn't happen. I was a different person. Yeah, I think this is good because before I really started studying energy, and we're talking like over 10 years ago back, I would think of guides or angels and you're expecting to see this like figure that shows up in the room in like 3D human form. And for most of the people that I've talked to about their experience with guides, it's you're it's not that it's not the physical form that you're looking for because it is not physical form. There are signs or, or you know happenings like that, or they, there can be a figure that maybe is seen with the visual eye, but it's different sensations that you're tapping in or different sensitivities that you're tapping into. 
senses. Yes. You know what, too, which was interesting for me to learn. Sometimes these energies come to you through other people. Like someone might, in a conversation, say something that is the answer to a question you had or a problem you've been. And if you're not paying attention, you miss it because it came from a, an, a, another person. And me, I remember always expecting, and this is what's been the most frustrating thing about my gift is because I know there is people that see these energies. I know there's people that hear these energies. And I, this is what I used to say. I got the shitty one. I get, <laughs> I feel it, but I'm not hundred percent sure because it feels like the temperature just changed in the room or it feels like a mild type of pressure. So I'm always second guessing myself. Why did I have to get the shitty one? You have to learn a different method of communication. Exactly. Yes. It made me work so hard. That's the thing. And I'm grateful for getting the shitty one because that's the reason why I've worked so hard to look at information on different, again, religions, uh, practices. And this is where I can can map things for people. There's others who are seeing things. Um, um, Yeah, I, I just connected with two mediums, actually, where the entities come into their physical body mm. and and I can map stuff for them. I don't have that experience, but I have maps. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Boundaries. It works the same way with people as it does in the fourth dimension. Trust mm. me. If you want an entity to be near you or in you, or if you don't want it, you have full right to put a boundary. You just have to know how to do it. Let's yeah. talk about that because there are, there is dark light, the, you know, there is, there's is dark, there is light, there is, I don't want to say good or bad, um, but there, there is different levels of that entity and energy. And yeah. so is there any danger with playing with energy or um, what is your insight with that or your speculation of playing with energy too much? I think play is a natural state of consciousness. Yes, and hence the reason we are here to experiment with these three-dimensional bodies. Um, It has to do with the intention and the energies associated with it. So, for example, and I, I played with Ouija boards when I was a kid, knowing, knowing that they could be a doorway to evil spirits. So, yeah, I knew that, right? And at that moment, when we were younger with my group of friends, when when once in a while they would get curious about these things, and I'd be like, "Yes, best we can ever finally let's go!" (laughs) Right? We would have this um, naive curiosity, and that's often how humans discover things in life, right? Whether that's sexuality, whether that is traveling to somewhere uh, and being reckless, drinking, like all of those things, right? That is, it's in our nature to be naive and reckless. Um, But you know what? I think if there was more guidance around, um, these conversations could be had clearly, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important to play and get curious. And if there is a book on astral projection, meaning when you sleep and you can unfold your consciousness and travel, um, that is different than dreaming, right? Uh, it's it's good to read the book and play with the techniques. If someone is trying to move objects with the energy of their mind, right, or their intentions, it's good to research techniques and play with it. And now what, what is very important, this is something that I have recently learned when I started studying Akashic Records. There are many levels, the same way 
there are all these different personalities of people you know in your life, I know in my life, and there are some that you would hire as a coach and some that you wouldn't even ask for advice, right? It's the same on the other side. So in the fourth dimension, let's say there's someone that, uh, there's the ones that recently are have passed or, or have stepped into a new role and they're like super eager to help and, and show up in the three-dimensional world, right? And then there is, ones that are wiser, older, um, more knowledgeable entities, to put it that way, that are there to help. And us humans, again, not knowing how to have these conversations with ourselves and, and with the energy play that we summon, we're just like, just show me something, just show me something. <laughs> Anyone is going to show up, right? You don't know if it's going to be like a, an amazing coach or like a crappy coach. And so uh, a key thing that I can share here with anybody curious about playing with energy, tarot cards, even the, um, well, see, I'm hesitant to say the Ouija board. I have a feeling that there is so much uh, more denser energy associated to this. It's not a tool that I would use, um, but any other tools, right, uh, that are with good intention to sit down and ask for the highest vibration to show up. Only the light, only the light that shines in the light. And you have the right to be guided by the highest available coach to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what would you want to someone a like crappy coach? Like, you know what I mean? So like yeah. what you said, it's your intention. It's the intention. Yeah. The energy too. Like, of course, I know of people that uh, work with energy, not necessarily with the best intention. It's like self-serving or egocentric or there is an ulterior motive too. So that tends to pull denser energies from the fourth dimension. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Do you have any um, like, you know, grounding, a grounding practice or creating energetic barriers or anything like that? Yes, absolutely. Grounding is super important. And so looping it back to having been someone that always wanted to go up or out in my energy, not wanting to be in my body, um, what happened is there was a point where I did reach a ceiling with my abilities and I came across a, a guide of mine in physical form. So she was my um, NLP practitioner, the master practitioner that delivered me the course. And she said one of the biggest pieces of information that I cherish, treasure and share with others are that the only way to go higher is by grounding. Mm. It's like the pendulum effect. If you want to go more to this side, you have to go more to this side. So put it in a vertical context, the more grounded you are like a tree, the more spread out and, and firm your roots are, the higher and more um, beautiful that tree is going to grow. As above, so below. Exactly. It's that law. What is that law? Uh, the law of correspondence. But I believe it's the law of correspondence. Yeah, as above, so below. As above, so below. So grounding as I keep practice, I do it daily. There are some days that I don't do it because sometimes my, my ego, perhaps my mind is like a child. I don't want to brush my teeth. So it says, I don't want to ground. I'm good. I'm good. And then I go out in my day and I'm like, oh my goodness, I should have grounded. I should have grounded. Mm -hmm. So to define grounding, I know people, uh, there's a term thrown out there, sometimes not explained. Grounding is the feeling of being present in the now and in your body. And everybody 
throughout their lives, if they pay attention, they're going to be able to notice they have something that grounds them. Um, sometimes it's taking a shower and feeling the water cleanse them and make them feel the feeling of their skin. Um, putting the feet barefoot on the ground, grounding. It's in the name, right? And from there, uh, exercises, grounding. For us women that tend to expand uh, our men being with our spouses, our partners, um, or with the flip side of our energy is grounding. Food is grounding. It falls into the stomach. It requires presence to be digested. And then from there, we can get into fancy techniques. I mean, I developed the, the map for the grounding blueprint, which yes. is the purpose of that blueprint is to have you stand present in your power and put a boundary for what you want in your life or don't want in your life. And that goes both uh, for three-dimensional for other people. And also it goes for the other dimensions as well. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody's interested in learning more about grounding, um, are they able to reach out to you, connect with you on, on Instagram? Cause you have this grounding blueprint. Uh, what was it like four or five months ago? I worked with you on that for like, it was, it was 14 days straight that we had that little, like little challenge. And that was great. It taught me grounding in a whole new way and brought different elements in, um, that I had never felt from a, a grounding practice before. So how, where can we find you on Instagram? I'm going to shout you out right now. Just if anybody's interested, yes. Ale Diaz with a Z, Ale Diaz me. Yeah. Awesome. So that's my Instagram handle. And you know what? Bringing this up, Sarah, I think is recharging it. <laughs> I promise myself I was going to put the blueprint um, as a workbook or, or as a series of video guides because I know how important it is for, especially for those women stepping into their upgraded abilities. Uh, spirituality, sense of wonder for their gifts. Grounding is a, I would say like brushing your teeth. It's a key daily practice. Yes. Well, like we said, you, you can't rise higher or upgrade or elevate, you know, consciousness or gifts until you are really rooted or it's not, it won't be in a sustainable fashion. Exactly. That's more like it. You, you will be able to, it's just going to feel frantic all over the place. It could deplete you as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I find if I'm not grounded, I'll fry my energy out. Yes. Yeah. Cause you know, we even talk about, you know, consciousness of 3d, 4d, 5d, um, where it's just elevated levels of consciousness, different view uh, of the world. If anybody's interested where their consciousness lies, I have the vibe quiz.com. There's a, uh, there's links in the show notes there to see where your consciousness lies, but you know, 5d, if I'm not grounded up there, I fry myself right out <laughs> because there's, there's a lightness up in 5d that keeps me elevating. And if, if I'm not grounded, it just <laughs> done. It's like, it's like an insect hitting one of those lights that are outside the little buzzers. <laughs> oh my goodness oh should we start should we unravel now the conversation of 5d or wait till the next episode <laughs> mm, let's wait till the next episode because i want to bring in your experience with a uh, shamanic plant medicine ceremony um you've really elevated into 5d or recognized yourself in 5D over the past, you know, few months of some contrast that you've had. So I think that is a whole great section for yes. part three of this journey. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you know, I am uh, someone who has lived in 4D, again, 
having being aware as a kid, I'm getting the goosebumps, kids. This is key. Um, as a kid, being aware of the energies of people who had passed, um, of what people carry with them, like energy reading. I just didn't know that's what I was doing. And I can explain a bit more of what energy reading is in a very simple way, because everybody reads energy. Everybody can read energy. I've been swimming in 4D. I love the drama. I love the drama. I love like the, the angelic forces and then the shadow figures that come in dreams and cause sleep paralysis. Like I just, I love it. I want to know it all. And it wasn't until I met you that I was like, wait a second. What is this place Sarah is talking about? It took me a bit to connect that there was another place we could travel and that's 5D. That's 5D. <laughs> I think one time during our conversations, you're like, I see you up there in 5D and like, la, la, peace and love. And like, it's very like, it's bright and light up there. And then I know now with you, you, you experiencing that we can have more grounded conversations about it, but yeah. Cause I remember when we met, you're like, I love to play with like the aliens and the energies and the yeah. guides. And I'm like, I, for me, that doesn't excite me that much. I'm like, give me peace, give me space, give me groundedness, give me enlightenment. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why do, do you want to miss out on all these adventures, all this drama, like four days, like a Mexican soap opera. Yes. <laughs> I swear it can be fun, but no, you know what? Then I, then I started tapping into 5D and I'm like, ah, I see. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, yeah, Let, let's bring that back because I know, we'll, oh my God, we can jam out over a whole session about those, those different levels of consciousness. And I think also help anybody listening here navigate their emotional states as well, because those states of consciousness are tied with emotions, tied on view of life, tied on the actions that you're taking um, and help to people to elevate more. As we wrap up um, this episode here, I'd love for you just to chat about Archangel Michael. I know oh. he's like that main, you know, that main figure in terms of a guide in your life. When did yeah. you first recognize him? How do you recognize him now? How do you use him um, as a benefit to your life? Wow. Um, I think it's my mind keeps going back, pointing to 2017. So that was a time where, uh, again, I was seeing many coincidences back to back to back to back to back. And so I would grab my journal and I would log them. Um, this is a good piece of advice for anybody that is interested in growing their gifts, their abilities, stepping into this fantastical world of 3D happenings. Whenever something like that happens, acknowledge it in some way or form. You can either say thank you or you can write it down, journal about it, acknowledge it. And that pulls more energy towards it. I mean, these forces come and go. If we don't care to look at them, they don't stick around. They're going to look for someone else that cares about them. So it started getting overwhelming. Yeah. I also around that time met a person, a friend in the gym who was mirroring me a lot. And that was very unsettling. Uh, it, would, it would heighten my energy, but it would also make me crash. And I was just so fixated with this person. So again, there was a person and there was all the synchronicities happening. I became overwhelmed. And I don't remember exactly when I had a sense of Michael being around, but I remember there was a point of overwhelm when I'm like, I'm about to lose it. Like, what, am I going to die tomorrow? Is the world going to crack open? Is the apocalypse happening tomorrow? That was just how intense everything felt to me. 
And I remember my grandma and I had this picture of her sitting down and praying, you know, Catholic grandma. And that brought me comfort. And I said, I'm going to kneel down and pray in my, on my bed. Like I hadn't done since I was 12 years old. And I said, Michael, <laughs> it's my friend, Michael, dear Michael, I have a lot of, like a lot of coincidences happening and starting to trip me out. Can you please uh, slow it down just a little bit? It's like, I wanted all my life to have this happen. I'm surprised I am asking you to tone it down. But I think with everything that's happening in my life too, and at that time I was competing, I was, I had just left a good life. Um, I said, just, just close the floodgate a little bit, please. And the, the fascinating thing was like, the next day at around 5.50 in the morning, um, the speakers downstairs turned on. Like someone's device mysteriously must have get, gotten hooked on the on the speakers. And, and there was this like mystical music. And then a man's voice, like a beautiful man's voice said, I am here to speak to those who are ready to step into their new selves. And, and my husband is like, oh, I told you to disconnect the speakers. And he goes down and disconnects them. But I remember... I had asked for guidance the night before, along with my prayer of toning it down. I'm sitting there being like, wow, is this happening? Thank you so much. Thank you. That was the first time his presence was made known like that. And there was another instance where I had parked in a place in Oakville where they were uh, people were slashing tires to, I guess, to um, to rob, to rob someone but I didn't realize that my tire had been slashed. So I was about to enter the highway. And at last moment I looked up, like within looking up and seeing Michaels, <laughs> I turned over instead of going into the highway. I don't know how dangerous that could have been at the speed that I was going without knowing I had a flat tire. And that day also the person that came, as I parked, someone said, you have a flat tire. And then the next second, two of my beautiful and angel friends that I call them helped, showed up, helped me out. And then when I arrived to the dealership, there was a Michael receiving me there. And I'm like, oh, Michael, thank you. Thank you. You're there. I feel you. So I talk to him a lot. And sometimes he shows up as a symbol. Um, I know for myself, fives, the color blue, and there's a certain geometric figure that shows up for me. Again, we're talking about formless entities, right? That's Michael. I can feel Michael. And he showed up in my shamanic ceremony too. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Is, would you say he's the one that you call on, rely on, um, make note of the most? You make note of the most. And there's also sometimes where he, he feels for, far away from me. He's never far. It's just probably my sense of him. Um, so there's this re weird, also weird relationship. I would say he's very, um, I don't know. It is just, I have so much respect for him. He feels like a commander. I call him the commander of my army. <laughs> that's, that's my little name with him. Um, very, uh, I don't know. Ah, it's just such a strong personality, I feel. And I am a strong personality. So sometimes there's a bit of a, like, oh, I don't know how to explain it. It's so it's hard to put it in words. Yeah. Would you say that he 
and maybe he has many roles. Is he there for comfort? Is he there for strength? Is he there for guidance? Like what, what role would you say that he plays in your life? Or is it all the above? Strength, protection, warrior-like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a commander of an army. Because um, I have also sensed uh, Gabriel and Raphael and their energies are very different. Yeah. Yeah. Juicy, juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my friends. Uh, part three, I want to unpack your shamanic ceremony. Um, Alex is a part of the upgrade, uh, which is happening. We have a few retreats coming up. There is a link in the show notes. What is your role with the upgrade? My role is to be present with the participants um, on a one on one basis, uh, perhaps in some group activities that we've had. My role is to ask really good question for a person to understand and unravel their experience. So they'll do the prep work. Prepping is of the mind and the physical body. And then afterwards is the integration. So I provide space for someone to talk, unravel, converse, make sense, piece together in a map that will serve them with purpose and strength so that they can, yeah, take this experience and expand it in their life with actions. Uh, you help create that, that new mental map for who they want to be. And, and you're an NLP practitioner, master practitioner. What is NLP? Explain that. Neurolinguistic programming. Uh, so neurons, right? If, if there's someone here that I treasure science, it has uh, amazing maps, right? Um, I often talk about chakras uh, as a, as a machines and, and in a scientific map, I think there's still some years before we can have those conversations like that. But so neurons, right? The makeup of our brains, uh, where information is stored and, and expanded and, and that causes the cognitive and consciousness growth, linguistic language. And this is why they're asking really good questions. It's part of what I do. Uh, when someone speaks, reality is being created and reality is being rearranged. Reality is also being anchored through language and programming is what is the program do you want to follow? Is do you want to perpetuate who you have been, recreate, the past because it's been great and you want more of it or that's no longer serving you and you know you have this awareness of your energy of entities perhaps or of certain actions you have to take into your life and with those you love and you need a new map so that's the programming part yeah neurons language and programs maps yeah. yes and this is what the upgrade is all about. It is to help people create new maps. So it's, you know, new language, new behaviors, new actions to ultimately create an entirely new life, an upgraded version of yourself. The, the person that we want to step into, just sometimes we don't know how to step into that person. Right. You're, you don't need to be, so if you're listening and you're taking the upgrade, you, you're not a lonely traveler. Uh, that was my story. <laughs> This is a chance to travel with others who you're, you're entering the fourth dimension, the fifth dimension, and, and there are others who have been there before, 
and ha can help you with maps to understand and process this and integrate this faster. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. If anybody's interested in the upgrade, Alex and I helping you navigate uh, a, a new creation of yourself, new creation of actions, new creation of thinking. You know, we pair that with a shamanic ceremony that Barat hosts where we explore some plant medicines, diving into that subconscious and Alex helping you rewrite afterwards. So I'm so excited for, you know, we have a retreats coming up in June. We have two of them that are going to be in the fall as well. We haven't released dates for October or November, but if anybody's interested, there's a link in the show notes and Alex and I would love to help be your tour guides uh, through, through an upgrade to a new level of living and being. Absolutely. I'm yeah. so excited. Wonderful. Thank you for your time and your presence uh, on this part two. We're going to come back for part three and unpack more of your journey, more lessons. We're going to talk about 3D, 4D, 5D, and your shamanic ex uh, experience and what you brought back from that. Absolutely. I'm so excited to share that. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this episode today. My website, simplysarah.com, is a great place for me to continue to support you on your journey to alignment, joy, and fulfillment. There you will find upcoming retreats that I am hosting, resources, books, and many other helpful tools to help you on your travels through this thing called life.